It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And this show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. And you'll get 20% off your next order. I know we we put that in every intro that this is the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And that's true. Right now, I just looked at the charts yesterday because I was curious. Locked on Packers is the number one team-specific football show in America right now. And that is... Thanks to all of you. It is also thanks to the Green Bay Packers being in the NFC Championship game. But it is because you listen and because you come on this journey every single day because that's what we do here. So thanks to everyone who has made this possible, everyone who listens. And of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Jair Alexander, Devontae Adams. There's a lot of people who make this all possible. Uh, It is Wednesday, which means how you doing? How you doing? Our NFC Championship version of Zayu and Lily was at Lambeau Field on Saturday for Packers-Rams. She will be at Lambeau Field on Sunday for Packers-Bucks. And so we will get to that conversation coming up here in a little bit. Let's start the show with a discussion about protection. And no, not that kind of protection. We're not talking about concealed carry or companies named after, you know, uh, ancient Greek or Roman figures. We are talking about pass protection and specifically blitz protection. And the reason that that is so critical. Yesterday, we talked about turnovers. And if the Packers didn't turn the ball over, they would win. How do you force the Packers to turn the ball over? Well, you know, fumbles can be a little fluky, but the Packers threw two interceptions the first time the Bucs played the Packers. And that doesn't happen. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have multi-interception games, and he certainly doesn't have multi-interception games multiple times in a season, certainly a season where he has been um, otherworldly once again. We're talking about the least risky quarterback ever no one has been better at creating 
value creating big plays while also avoiding negative plays. That's just been the Aaron Rodgers MO. But it is the case that the Blitz got to Aaron Rodgers in this first meeting. What should give you hope and and I I think points to a, a different outcome this time around. Ben Fennell had this great stat that Aaron Rodgers got sacked three times against the Bucks Blitz in week six. He hasn't been sacked on a Blitz since. Since week six. It is now, you know, in, in all practicality, week 20. So 14 weeks. Now, they didn't play one of those weeks. But they have... Not given up a blitz sack since that Bucks game. And that is for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the, the Packers offensive line is playing uh, more consistently than they did in that game. They had their worst game of the season, and it just so happened that they had it uh, against a Buccaneers team that loves to bring these interesting pressures. Presumably, they're going to have a better handle on it the next time, and And why would that be? You know, this is something that worked the first time. Well, this is from NFL research. Aaron Rodgers went three of 12 with two picks against the Blitz in week six. He's thrown 15 touchdowns and one pick in all other games this season against the Blitz. In all other games. So every other team that has tried to blitz the Packers, if it were as simple to slow down Aaron Rodgers as just blitz him, Don't you think other teams would have tried and succeeded? It isn't. It's really hard to do it because he is really good at identifying it and finding his outlets. Remember that first game, no Alan Lazard, who was a comfort blanket for him, and Devontae Adams was just back from the injury, probably not at 100%. And if you go back and watch this game, as I have, you can see Adams does not have the kind of burst at the line of scrimmage, the kind of chase of direction ability that he normally has. And that certainly ha- hampered him against Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting and some of the physical corners that Tampa Bay has. What's more, this is also from NFL research, since week nine. So we're talking about more than half the season. The Tampa Bay defense has allowed 13 touchdowns and one interception when they blitzed. 13 touchdowns, one interception. So we've talked about this a million times, the anomalous nature of that week six game. Let's just put those two stats together. Aaron Rodgers on the year, 15 touchdowns, one interception in games not played against Tampa against the blitz. When teams blitz him, 15 touchdowns, one interception. The last two months, the last two months, this Buccaneers defense, when they blitz, 13 touchdowns allowed, one interception. Those are almost identical numbers. That means their blitz has not been even close to as effective against anyone else. That is basically how you define an outlier. This game was an outlier. It doesn't speak to an inherent matchup problem. It doesn't speak to a a scheme that the Packers just can't figure out. Plenty of other teams blitz. The Vikings 
bring all sorts of creative and exotic pressures. And Aaron Rodgers solves all of them. They didn't beat the Saints because they created all sorts of blitz pressure on Drew Brees. They created problems for Drew Brees because he couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. They moved their safeties up. Uh, The Saints couldn't run the ball. They were constantly behind the sticks. And Drew Brees just doesn't have the arm to beat them anymore. That's not what this team is. Now, Green Bay still needs to put the pressure on them, still needs to beat them down the field, still needs to challenge them down the field. I I think we're going to see more transition go routes in this game, three-step drop, and get the ball out to Devontae Adams, to Alan Lazard, to, to MVS. You have to let this defense know you are going to take shots down the field and that they have to they have to account for that. And if they're going to play single high and try and stop the run, good luck with that. And if they're going to play too deep, then Green Bay has to say, all right, then we're going to find ways to run the ball. And they've done that more effectively. The inside runs have been there, inside zone gap runs, duo, all sorts of different things that isn't, you know, the base play of this offense theoretically is outside zone. Well, Against these fast linebackers, that's going to be a problem. And we saw that. And the defensive linemen did a great job of not getting the letting the guards and the centers get out and get on those linebackers. Well, there are ways in terms of scheme, in terms of alignment, in terms of situations where you can mitigate some of that and put yourself in a better position to get to the second level. And... Let's say you can run the ball a little bit better. Green Bay has been much better with their RPO game over the last few months. Finding those advantageous situations to run versus pass. Remember how clean the Tampa Bay game was for the Bucs that first time. No penalties, no turnovers, no sacks. Probably not going to happen again. Maybe they don't turn the ball over. Maybe they don't give up a sack. Maybe they don't commit a penalty. The likelihood of them doing all three of those things is infinitesimal. It's just probably not going to happen. Their blitz is probably not going to be nearly as effective as it was the first time. So when you look at just matchup versus matchup, look, Green Bay is better offensively than the Bucs. They're better than they were in that game. And that they have shown that they can stand up to every test that they have faced offensively except one, except this one. Except this one. You don't think Aaron Rodgers knows that? You don't think Devontae Adams knows that? You don't think Matt LaFleur knows that? They have been ready for this game since it was played. Or at least they've wanted another shot at this team since the game was played. Since Devin White said those guys didn't belong on the field with us. They've wanted another shot at this Tampa Bay team. And they're going to get it. And as long as their offensive line protects, Elton Jenkins in his career has still not given up a sack at Lambeau Field. As long as the offensive line protects, as long as the offensive line doesn't play their worst game of the season or their second worst game of the season, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to have time. And they're probably going to have new and different ways to attack this defense, to use the blitz against them, and to find ways to push the ball down the field, even if it is short drops, 
to get to those play action plays. And hopefully Aaron Rodgers just plays better. He got a little jumpy in in the second half of the game. He missed some throws. I mean, think of how different the game is if he just hits Mercedes Lewis wide open in the middle of the field with a chance to get the game back in their favor. I mean, so many things about that game had to go calamitously wrong. Now, the Packers are are no strangers to calamity in the playoffs. But a lot of things had to go calamitously wrong in that regular season matchup for Green Bay to lose. The odds of that happening again are are low. They're low. And I, I pointed this out. When you go to bet online and you look at the odds, the Packers and the Chiefs are even odds to beat each other in the Super Bowl. Right? There's the same odds that the Packers beat the Chiefs as the Chiefs beat the Packers. Now, they don't have the same Super Bowl odds because Vegas seems the Chiefs as more likely to beat the Bills as the Packers are to beat the Bucks. But if the matchup is Packers-Chiefs, Vegas sees them as about even. And in fact, in some places, I don't know where else you would go besides bet online, but at other places, they have the Packers now as the betting favorite. But at Bet Online, the third most likely scenario that they see is the Packers beating the Bills. So it's either going to be Packers Chiefs or Chiefs Packers. Third most likely Packers Bills, which hints that Green Bay is at worst co-favorites and the I think the charitable reading of that and and potentially the most likely reading of that is that bet online sees Green Bay as the most likely team to win the Super Bowl based on what is likely to happen here over the, the next week. Is that a guarantee that they will win? No. But it is a reminder that the Packers are the favorites. And I'm glad to see we haven't developed the boogeyman this week. You know, there's some... There's some Tom Brady stuff and some Devin White stuff, but it doesn't feel the same way it did last week when there was a lot of, oh, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, that defense, they're going to do the thing. It, It doesn't seem the same way because of what Green Bay went out and did. And I think that's the right way to look at it. Based on, if we just take this game and throw it away, take the Packers Bucks game the first time and throw it away, the two teams that they have been since then, suggests that this offense has a market advantage over the defense, a defense that is not as good as the Rams defense that the Packers tore up last week. Now, in the playoffs, we know styles make fights. The matchups are crucial. And, you know, the Bucs have linebackers that that the Rams didn't. But the Bucs don't have Jalen Ramsey. The Bucs don't have the safeties that the Rams do. They don't have Aaron Donald. You know, and Dominican Sue is not that guy. Shaq Barrett is not that guy. Now, they have more of them because they've got Shaq Barrett and Dominican Sue, JPP, and potentially Vita Vea. But they don't, they don't have the same sort of secondary strength that the Rams do, and yet the Packers were able to find everything that they wanted in the passing game and against an elite run defense. They got everything they wanted in the run game as well. So even though they don't have the same sort of linebackers, over the course of the season, they were an excellent run defense, and yet they had no answers for the Green Bay Packers. I think that is much closer to what we will see on Sunday than what we saw in week six. Today's episode is brought to you by TurboTax. You're one of a kind. 
and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you. Learn about your unique tax situations and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, unique-to-you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. Today's episode is also brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. It is that time of the week. Once again, NFC Championship Game Edition of Zao doing Lily Zhao from Fox 6 is here. Eight quarters away from a Super Bowl championship. Lily, Zao doing? Did you say eight quarters? Eight quarters. Is it eight quarters? It's eight quarters. Oh, did you say Super Bowl win? <laughs> I did say a Super Bowl win. Oh, man, it's a Tuesday. I'm not thinking. I'm like, Peter, they only have four quarters. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, uh, I'm great. How are you, how are you doing, Peter? Because clearly I'm not awake yet. Um, get the caffeine IV, hook it up into the veins, <laughs> and let's get going here. Um, no, it is uh, it is eight quarters from a win. Yeah, sorry. I completely misheard you there. My bad. Four I quarters from a Super Bowl like berth. And and I understand. Look, you are you are doing the the thing that football players and football coaches do. One game, right? One and zero. I'm only thinking about this week. They've got four quarters to win a football game, and I think that's the right mentality. But I just let's travel back in time. Last Saturday, you were one of the what nine thousand or so people that got to be in the stadium, not because you were there and drinking and and having brats, although that probably would have been really fun too. You were there in the stadium covering it, and. After the game, the players, I mean, to a man, were like, that was awesome to get to have the fans there. What was it like to be there in person and feel the atmosphere? It was just electric. And I can say it was just odd to hear like real life people cheering because, you know, we watch <laughs> broadcasts, they put in the, the fake noise, right. um, the crowd noise. And <clears throat> To hear it kind of like you can hear the press box was a, was a little bit rocking, you know, those third down plays, they're just going nuts. And like, you know, the fans are banging those signs on the stands. Uh, it was electric. And, you know, a lot, I know a lot of the players said post game, it felt like the more the most normal game that they had had. And, you know, before the game, I was kind of just walking around talking to fans and, and a bunch of them said we're going to try to make, you know, at that time they thought, you know, 6,000 ticket holders, whatnot. They're like, we're going to make those 6,000 folks, which ended up being 8,400 folks, make it sound like fifty to 80,000 people. And that's really what they did. And they played a huge factor. It was fantastic. It did seem like, and maybe this is just sort of a way to avoid the rules. There's always been the noise rules and, and there have always been dome teams that have skirted those rules. The Vikings, uh, infamously, the Falcons got fined for it. 
I wouldn't be surprised if all of these teams that now have fans have cranked up that ambient noise a little bit. <laughs> they have the music a little louder, all that stuff. Because the league, they're probably like, all right, let's 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 just try and make this as normal as possible, right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't think even if they had pumped up a little bit of noise, I'm like, I, I really do think that those 8,400 people made it sound like 50,000 because they were super loud. But that was just one of the fun things because it's like it, it was it felt kind of normal. And yeah, it looked empty from like an aerial view of Lambeau, but it didn't feel like it was empty. And that was, I think, one of the biggest things is that, you know, that you, you want to bring this sort of energy for the players to play off football. It's Lambeau. I mean, ugh, couldn't ask for anything better. And the players, to, to your point, I mean, they talked about it. I mean, I think it was Marquez Valdez Scaling said after the game, you know, it was nine thousand, but it felt like ninety, and that and that was that was what it felt like to them, just to have any any level of energy, any amount of little extra juice, right? Uh, drink and to have that in the stadium, I, I think, really made a difference for these players. Did you? Did I know you talked to some of the guys after the game? Did what did they say about that experience? Well, I, I know Aaron Rodgers said post game, you know, people were chanting MVP multiple times, and he, you know, he had a big smile mm-hmm. on his face. He said running out of that tunnel and hearing, you know, the, the crowd chant his name and, and say hi, that was electric. Um, I know Aaron Jones said it felt like 80,000 people were there. He was stoked because his parents were able to be there for the first time this season. Um, the guys were just super jacked because it was, you know, a way to get their fans incorporated and to have them see them play for the first time in person um, and share this experience that they're now back in the NFC title game. And, and hopefully these fans can experience them making their first Super Bowl in a decade. And I think that's really what they wanted. So as we look forward here to Packers Bucks, I know what happened in week six. You know what happened in week six. And guess what? All 53 guys on that roster, all the coaches. And, and by the way, everyone in Tampa knows what happened in week six. Did what happen with the Packers offense and their ability to score seemingly at will against the Rams, five of their first five possessions they scored. Did that alleviate any of your concerns about this Packers offense in a rematch with Tampa Bay on Sunday? I think it did because, you know, I was talking to Marquez Valdez-Hantling on Monday and, you know, I asked him, what did you guys take away from that game that can help you on Sunday? And he said, you know, honestly, that, that just wasn't Green Bay Packer football because if you looked at the stat sheet, I mean, Tom Brady was – sacked zero times uh, they had zero penalties which is impressive and of course the biggest number was they had zero turnovers and you know you you look on the flip side for the Packers and it was I think six penalties two take or two interceptions there by Aaron Rodgers and four sacks so it was you know everything that could go wrong went wrong for this team um and it just happened to be that they were in the lead at the point that everything kind of went haywire because what the Bucks scored 28 points in that second quarter um, it went downhill from there. So these guys know what they need to do, and they just need to play the way that they've been playing because, like Devontae Adams said, nobody can stop them but themselves. And, you know, if they play the way that they are capable of playing and don't turn the ball over, which I think is the number one priority against Tampa Bay, I think they should. Uh, we should be in for a good game offensively. As I look at this game, they they had some success in that Week 6 matchup with the inside run. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized in some really big spots this year, the Packers have leaned on that run game. Against the Titans, we saw A.J. Dillon, the quadzilla. He comes out. You have this, this game last week where it wasn't just one guy. All three of the backs came out and, and produced in big ways. Aaron Jones gets the 60-yarder, but they had almost 200 yards on the ground. It's weird to say in a game with 
Aaron Rodgers, the soon-to-be three-time MVP, and with Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football, that the X factor here might just be this ground game in their ability to keep this pass rush off of Aaron Rodgers and keep them in these positive down and distance situations. It really is. And, and you know, they, they of course, utilize those running backs as blockers up front as well against the Blitz, which, you know, of course, helps Aaron Rodgers. But like you mentioned, it's just they're that extra dimension that, you know, this team really didn't have a couple of years ago. They just solely relied on Aaron Rodgers to throw the football time and time again. And now they have the luxury of, you know, even if if the running game isn't going as well, they have those weapons at wide receiver and tight end to kind of open up the passing game. But what has worked out so well is just the blocking up front and their ability to really pound the football. And that just helps with that time of possession, which the Packers have won time and time again. So you know, they're going to need to run the football well once again because, hey, to beat Tom Brady, keep him on the sidelines, right? So you want to be able to keep pounding the ball. I know Vita Vea, he might be back for the game. For the game, how effective will he be? We'll see if he plays. But, you know, I think right now hopefully A.J. Dillon will be good to go. We'll see on Wednesday. But um, I think this team, for them to, to make it to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to continue to run the ball very well. And luckily for us, Matt LaFleur is giving all these guys some equal touches, touches which is fun to see. It also helps uh, when you have Devontae Adams at full strength and Alan Lazard, who did not play in that first game. We saw Equinemia St. Brown make a big catch last Saturday. He had two bad drops in the Tampa Bay game. When we say these are different teams, those are the kinds of things that I point to. When, When you look at this Packers team, what is different now about this Packers team, whether it's offense, defense, mindset, whatever, than it was when these two teams played the first time? I think it's just their resiliency because, you know, we have talked at length this year about how there have been these just offensive lulls and it's just been hard to get out. Mm. But, you know, if you, if you get into that lull against Tampa Bay, you're going to be in trouble because this team can score. I think they've been averaging about 35 points a game the last six weeks. So I think the, t- the resiliency of this team is when they need a game-changing score, something good to happen, they're able to do it, which is something I don't think – you know, they were kind of struggling with her a little bit earlier in the year. I think that's going to be the big difference. And obviously they've taken care of the ball so well. They don't give it up a lot. And of course that game, we can say, oh, it was kind of an anomaly because they really shot themselves in the foot. You know, it's rare that Aaron Rodgers throws interceptions. He threw two in that game, has five all year. So it was a game where I really feel like they just got in their own way and they've gotten so much better down the stretch of not doing that, of keeping the football, running the ball well. And of course, there might be a lull or two here, but they've gotten out of it with some big plays or just at least changing field position. And their defense obviously has been, they turned quite a corner. And that also I think has helped as well because, you know, without this defense getting them the ball back relatively quickly, this offense can't score. So I think it's been, you know, both, both areas of the football offense, defense are trending up. And I think that's kind of what's different now than versus week six in October. When you look at the three losses that this team has had, They turn it over against Tampa Bay with the two interceptions. They turn it over against Minnesota, and they turn it over four times in Indianapolis. I mean, that that was really the reason. they. I thought they outplayed the Colts in that game, but the turnovers really cost them. So on the season, 11 turnovers, seven of them in those three games. Is it too simple, do you think, to say if the Packers don't turn the ball over on Sunday, they win? Well, if you look at how this uh, how this uh, Bucks Saints rivalry went this year in those three games, it was you know in the in the games 
or the teams that won, obviously they didn't turn the ball over. And that was kind of the big key for the, for them. The Bucks turned the ball over a bunch in their first two losses. The Saints did in this one, unfortunately, and now they're out. I don't think it's as simple as that, but obviously you don't want to give Tom Brady extra possessions because he will make you pay. You don't want to give this defense a lot more reps on the field than you need to because you want them to be fresh down the stretch. I do believe that obviously if they don't turn the ball over, of course, it's going to give them a market advantage, but I do feel in their losses, they really beat themselves by turning it over and by playing just not clean football. I feel like that's going to be different on Sunday. I, I know I really do believe that these guys are come out and play clean. And that I think is going to be the difference in this game is that they're going to play clean. They should be good. I, I rarely ask you for a prediction. And so I, I won't in this case either, but I want to ask you this because I, I, I think you may have answered and I probably would have answered something different. Let's say two months ago is green Bay, just the better team. If, if Green Bay plays its best and Tampa Bay plays its best, is Green Bay better? I do believe so, yes. There's my simple answer. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Um, that means if Green Bay plays its best, they win, right? Because Tampa can't play better than its best. That is how words work. So um, if Green Bay plays its best, they're going to the Super Bowl, which means we get actually uh, two more additions. Of Zayu doing, which is great. More Zayu doing, the better. Lily, I can't wait for the game on Sunday. Enjoy it. Um, enjoy being there, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Peter. Let's hope for a win. Before we finish up, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Get in on everything that there is to bet on. Hockey is here. We've got the NBA night to night. There's a lot of money to be made in the NBA right now. A lot of money and it is a blast to do because if you lose the next night there's another game to bet on nfl playoffs the super bowl you can't have a super bowl party at least not with very many people so why not have a party in your bank account and there's only one place that has you covered one place that we trust that's betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline and use the promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, crossover Thursday. Packers, Bucks, David Harrison from Locked on Bucks will be on the show tomorrow. Great time to get everything settled. 
here as we go into the weekend. Friday, of course, our live show. And on Friday, we will have everyone's favorite fan guest, Nick Vile, is coming on the show to talk about what we saw last week, his expectations moving forward, and the chance at a Super Bowl run. So we will still have the live show and the and the injuries and all that stuff at the top of the show, but the B and C blocks will be uh, Nick, and we will, like I said, still have the Periscope, um, but the only the first half of the Periscope will be on the podcast. So if you want to hear the second parts of the podcast, the questions and all of that, you are going to have to find the video and watch it later. Follow me on Twitter. Best place to find the Periscope. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>